Josh isn't smiling. <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. We're here in the newly renovated Bullet Studios. We're going to have a really big show today. That's my friend Louis Rodriguez here in studio. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. Likewise. And, and over here to my left, we've got, uh, you know him, you love him. Host of Laughing Libertarian. Hey, you should check out that show. Subscribe. Alan McFarlane. Hey, How you doing? thanks. Hey, thanks for having me on again. Yeah. I, think, I didn't think it happened after last week. You get another chance. Yes. <laughs> Just barely skated by. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, bringing the message this week, you, you're meeting him for the very first time. So he's welcoming welcome him into the, the Faith, Family, and Politics family, Richard Greenfield. Hi, I'm Richard. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. All right. So um, it sounds so warm. <laughs> mm, inviting. Nope. Hello. It's yeah. a cool day, so it's going to be hot. <laughs> so, Richard, uh, um, the way we normally would come into this is uh, uh, whoever's bringing the message will lead us in prayer over the message, and then All right, you'll give us our title, your title of your message and, and take it away. All right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together, Father. Let us uh, divide your word properly and apply it to the um, situations that we have in our world right now and uh, learn how to live under your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, today we're going to talk about something that just absolutely transformed my life, and it's called the Lion Chasers Manifesto. Now, what is that all about? Well, let me show you where it started. It started in 2 Samuel chapter 23, uh, verse 20 to 23. Now, listen to what happened here. Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaniah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaniah, son of Jehida. He, too, was as famous as the three mighty warriors. He was held in greater honor than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. Now, guys, how would you like to have that on your resume as a bodyguard? Seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is, and I encourage you to look up and YouTube. But first of all, I want to congratulate you on all the proper syntax through that <laughs> particular part of your message because I'm like, oh, <laughs> Bible study major and a year of seminary. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> and I'm sure Jewish friends would say, no, 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 he didn't get that right. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was thinking this was Second Samuel. First Samuel didn't make it past the lion. <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually did. He actually did. Okay, so um, a guy by the name of Mark Batterson, that's with a B, you find him on YouTube, and you'll find the Lion Chasers Manifesto, and you'll find his preaching series on that in YouTube. And I really encourage you to watch, watch that. But he was pondering on that. Who in their right mind chases a 500-pound lion into a pit on Nobody a snowy day? Nobody I know. Yeah, and, and <laughs> could you imagine an, an armed soldier out in front of the house? I mean, he's got his M16 on him. He's got his body armor on. He's got a few grenades hanging on him, and you chase him down with a club and pull his gun out of his hand <laughs> and shoot him with it? You know, <laughs> who does that? Well, no wonder he was David's bodyguard, right? Right. He he was fearless, and so that whole attitude of fearlessness. Why why would he be so fearless? Why would he run toward a lion? Well, first off, I mean, if I happen to get lucky enough to have a lion fall in a pit, 
I'm not going to jump in after it. I'm like, sorry, sucker. <laughs> I'll just come back and collect the food later. Yeah. yeah. Here, I'll feed you once in a while. Here's here's Joshua. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm the first one to go. <laughs> I guess work was but, hard to get in those days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, let me read the Lion Chasers Manifesto. Mark Batterson came up with this, and it just totally transformed my life. Because I realized some things about myself and about how we normally live, and I'm like, I'm done with that. Which is one of the reasons why you asked me earlier, how do you want me to introduce you, Rick or Richard? Well, I used to go by Rick all the time, but now I go by Richard, and I've had really what's called a Saul to Paul experience. Huh. So I'm totally transforming my life, and this was the beginning right here. So let me read this. This is very powerful, and I'm going to read it as effectively as I can without rushing through it. The Lion Chaser's Manifesto. Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that's destined to fail without divine intervention. Stop pointing out problems. Become a part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Start creating the future. Face your fears. Fight for your dreams. Grab, now this is a good one, grab opportunity by the main and don't let go. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges. Blaze new trails. Here's, a, here's another powerful statement. Live for the applause of nailed, scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. That was, I mean, that was, that that totally transformed my life. Now, I, I kind of looked up on the Internet. I got some pictures here. You can look it up, too, on the Internet. You'll probably see the same pictures. But I just compared a human to a lion. That's kind of weird. The average height of a man is 5 foot 6 inches. The average height of a lion is 4 feet, unless it stands up on its paws, and then it's above you. Okay. The average weight of a lion is 420 pounds. The average weight of a human being, 280 pounds. Okay? So I don't know if you guys would ever have the tendency to run at a lion. No. <laughs> I feel like I'm smarter than that. Oh, man. Well, unless you're throwing me at one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so but I don't have a choice. So the first line, I'm just going to – I'm not going to go in detail on three of the lines that are in there, but I could go in detail on the whole thing. Um Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. How many in here are not going to die? I'm almost dead. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to die anyway, right? So what's the difference? Alan's invincible. I don't know if you knew that. And do I get a spray bottle? That's what I want to know. Do I get a spray bottle when I go after this lion? <laughs> Bad kitty. <laughs> you get a squirt gun. You get a squirt gun. We give that to you. <laughs> but, you know, we all have a destiny with our own mortality. So why don't we go after God-sized goals? What are we afraid of? Because if we're going to die anyway, if you take that away, that fear of death, yeah. then so what? But here's what happens is when we release ourselves from that fear and we go forward toward that lion, that's when you see God move. And you think back on what just happened. You go, what just happened? That could not be happening, but it did. Okay, it's now recent history with you. And you're saying, there's no way I could have done that by myself. It had to be a God thing. Has, has anybody ever seen a God thing or had a God thing happen? 
You're sitting in my God thing right now. Oh, uh, okay. The house. Yeah. <laughs> the house. Well, I, the yeah. house, but not only that, but the, the studio that we're, we're yeah. recording in right now. I mean, all this stuff, we talked about that last week, how Louie was instrumental, Alan's been yeah. instrumental. Um, and how I came here today. Yeah. That was strange. All of that just, it comes together. God's God's just been working. Yeah. I was just doing a follow-up call with Josh and wanted to tell him about Shred Day at Keller Williams. And he goes, well, this is a miracle. I go, what? What? Shredding is a miracle? <laughs> <laughs> when I was kind of thinking about when you said, you know, grab it by the mane, and I was like, that's kind of what you're in right now, yeah. right? That's, that's yeah. Josh grabbing it by the mane. Yeah, grab it by the mane, man. Grab it by the mane. Um, and we have a mandate to charge, not retreat. To charge, not retreat. All things are possible with God. You know, there's Matthew 19, 26. But my favorite is probably Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. Okay. How many things can you do? Some things? A few things? No, all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One of the things I noticed, remember the disciples? They had to cross over the boat in the, in, in the lake. Now, there's two examples yeah. of that. One of them, Jesus said, get in the boat, go over to the other side. Okay, so this storm, this raging storm starts coming up. He's walking out on the water. Peter says, is that you, Lord? Yeah, it's me. Come on out here. So he comes out, and he's standing on the water for a few seconds, and all of a sudden he falls out. He goes, oh, you little faith, and he picks him up, and, and he calms the storm. The second time was when Jesus was in the boat. Eh, he's taking a nap in the front of the boat. But here's this raging storm, and they're like, Jesus is right here. He's sleeping, and he doesn't care that we perish. <laughs> Okay, well, he rises up and says, peace, be still. Uh, I don't, do you have a deep voice like that? I don't know. Or do you go, peace, be still? <laughs> I mean, either way it works. We'll it, we'll doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. it's God's word. Right. And and all of nature has to obey that. And, the, and it went still, it went totally still. And and here's what, here's the lesson in it. Not that Jesus is more powerful than nature, or that God's more powerful than nature. The lesson is this. I told you, to leave this shore and go to the other ch- other shore, that's my will. So what? Whose whose responsibility is it to fulfill my will? But once you take action, it's up to God from there. Yeah. So here's what's what's really exciting is when you step out you know, on God's word and you step out and you start to do something for Him, then you get to see Him move on your behalf toward the impossible. That's and that's that's what's really incredible. So, so quit living as a perfect life is to rise safely to death. How about run to the roar? Of course, our natural tendency is to run away. Does anybody know who Tim McCarthy is? Does that ring a bell? Okay, I'll give you a date that he's famous for: March thirtieth, nineteen eighty-one. Still no clue. Before my time, I mean, I would have known either. Okay, guys, so I'm in the same boat with you. That's a bad analogy after what I just said about Yeah, that. right? Let's keep it still. <laughs> Let's keep it still. Let's keep it still. Okay. Tim McCarthy is the one who jumped in front of a bullet for President Reagan. Okay. And what? You know, the Secret Service are trained to not jerk back. You know, your reflex action is to jerk back or duck or whatever. Right. But his reflex was to jump toward the bullet. And I watched the video of that just recently because I'm bringing it up here. And it's amazing. You can see the whole crowd. They're all scattering. And you can see him running right toward where he heard the gun. And he's like this. He's like got his hands out like that. He made so. himself big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so we also have um, a mandate to charge, not retreat. Now, a little bit above this verse that we just looked at, there's another guy, Eleazar. Okay, I'm going to read you some weird words and names again, okay, places. Okay, so in verse 9, it says, Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodiah, 
um, this, wait, I get a little glare here. This Alhite, as one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pas Damimim <laughs> for one. battle. That one. Yeah, that yeah. one. Okay. <clears throat> then the Israelites retreated. Okay, wait a minute. What happened there? Okay, so he was with David. They're supposed to be attacking. What did the Israelites do? They turned around. They turned tail. But Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. Can you imagine just holding onto that sword so tight like this that, that you've you've swung it so many times, you've killed so many Philistines that you now you can't loosen your grip on the sword. And <laughs> So until his hand grew tired and froze. Early signs of arthritis. Yeah, I guess. Man, <laughs> I don't know. Back in the killing of the Philistines. <laughs> the, the Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned. Oh, yeah. Come on, guys. You shrinking guys. You returned. Yeah. I mean, they returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. <laughs> hmm. Can you imagine all these guys that are dead? One guy swinging a sword, killing all these Philistines. They got none of the glory, but they had to clean up the mess. Had to clean up the mess. So run to that roar. All things are possible with God. We already went over that. But okay, now the third point. Okay, set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Got a question for you. What is the biggest? And I want you guys to answer this. What is the biggest, scariest dream you could go after? You first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, well, currently we're. We're as a group, uh, Alan, myself, and and Louie here. We're, we're tackling uh, my biggest right now. Um, it used to right be yeah, it used to be being a musician, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I got I got a, I aged out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, um, I lost the hair for it. <laughs> I'm follically challenged. But uh, God put a calling on my heart to to do this this show in particular. See. But then. Um, Alan and I had been in discussion about his show um, prior to me ever even coming up with this. And um, so I was like, well, let's bring that on board and let's put it in. We're going to put it underneath a, co- a company umbrella and, and call it Revolver Broadcasting. Um, and we're an official company now, guys. So LLC. Um, yeah, LLC for sure. And um, like I said, and, and Louie, he's got his uh, show uh, coming out uh, here next couple months. Uh, soon, soon enough, we're going to try to – Get him on, put him in front of a camera, and Rodriguez rants. And so we'll be doing that. And so this this thing is is ever growing, and it's very scary, actually, if I'm being honest. And I'm shaking in my my boots or my sneakers or whatever I have on that day. <laughs> um, but um, I'm pursuing it. Awesome. I'm, I'm running at the roar. Um, how about you, Alan? Biggest, scariest, loftiest goal, right? Was that was that where we're going right here? Yeah. Yeah. And first of all, follically challenged versus aerodynamically sound. I mean, come on. What do you want to call yourself? Um, I swim well. (laughs) Fair, fair. Um, I mean, I think my biggest, scariest, loftiest goal was my previous company. I made, I owned a board game design company and I poured my soul into that. Um, Not saying I don't pour my soul into Laughing Libertarian, but uh, I, I poured from a cup that was not full enough to pull, to pour, right? So, I mean, that was probably the that was where the scary came in. I don't have as much scary with this. This is comfortable. This is fun. Um, it's something I enjoy. It's in my wheelhouse. Versus that was uh, I was constantly shoveling money out the door, 
not yeah. realizing that it was actually into a fireplace. <laughs> so that was that was it, and it didn't really, it didn't, it didn't pay dividends. So, but oh, oh I disagree. I mean, okay, I, inexperience, possibly. Yeah. How many people on the what, what's what's the proverb say that um, the the beginning of a long journey starts with what? The first, first step. step. The first step. I thought I was just talking to people about it. Right. Well, let me <laughs> well, let me ask you another question. Okay, so there was a man, okay, and um, he failed at business three times, went bankrupt three times. That's it. Yeah, he tried his poli- he tried his hand at politics. What is and his he bank f- doing? And he failed all but two elections. Okay, so he really was an abysmal failure. Okay, do you know who I'm talking about? Go ahead, Abraham Lincoln. Okay. So he came at the right place at the right time. There's a concept called fail forward. So, I mean, how many – I've lost everything three times. We call it something a little different on the Laughing Libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. Well, I better move on because I know time's, time's a-wasting. Okay, so the second <laughs> question, kind of similar to the first one. What is the bravest prayer you could pray? What is a brave? You want to start with Louie on this one because Louie didn't get a. Josh and I ate up all the time on that last yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> it's all you, Louie. You get the whole set. My biggest prayer it could be um, that God don't accept my prayers. That's my uh, biggest prayer. That's huge. Guys, what do you think about that? That's a that's a scary thought. Yeah, not him not hearing. But uh, thank God that he. Uh, he brought you around, and me and you became friends so that you could have those conversations and then, you know, find faith and uh, and watch him work in your life, which is that's what he's talking about, these uh, yeah. these things that God just puts in your life uh, and, and starts to show you mm-hmm. his way. Louis was talking about that just last week, about how God has been working in his life ever since he accepted Christ. He showed him, it's like, hey, you know, life mm-hmm. is hard. But there's this like overcast light, right, Louis? Right. Nothing's easy in this world. Let me tell you something, Louis. Let me tell you what happens. Okay. So God's sitting on his throne. Jesus is at the right. Okay, then Louis starts to pray. He starts to pray. And Jesus goes. Oh, he does the hey, old Hulk Hogan, huh? Hey, hey, Father. Hey, Father. Yeah, yeah. Louis's about to pray. Listen. He needs that, Lord. Get him. Go to it. And because Hulk Hogan goes, hey, brother, hey, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so the minute you utter a prayer, oh, by the way, something else runs and shirks and screams and runs away. That's called the evil powers. They run away as soon as you begin to pray because you are a prince of the most high. The Bible says that we run into the throne room boldly and jump in his lap and cry, Abba, Father. I don't know if you remember the story of Ruth or not, but Ruth, um, no, not Ruth. Yeah, it was Ruth. Okay. So she she found out that Mordecai was going to kill all the Jews. Okay. He had this plot, and she had to tell her husband about it, that he's the king. Now, king held a scepter like this, and if you had an appointment with the king and you showed up at the door and he tipped the scepter toward you, that means that he was ready to hear you. But if he would didn't, if he didn't tip the scepter, even if you had an appointment, it was death. So 
his wife, Ruth, comes to the throne room unannounced, no appointment, and she opens up the door, and the king graciously goes, flips the scepter, and the rest is history. So that is the danger of running into the throne room. But the Bible says we run in there like a child and jump up on the master of the universe's lap and say, Daddy! It's, the Bible actually says Abba, Father, but it means Daddy. That's what happens when you pray, young man. You know, I think that's why uh, people in church, I heard this, um, my, my parents, uh, Pastor um, Don Smith, who, who passed away um, in recent, um, just last, last year, um, uh, due to COVID, um, but he said that uh, when people are reaching their hands up like this when they pray, it's because they're they're reaching up to the Father. Yeah, just like when you're a little kid. Yeah, Daddy. Yeah, hey, give me, hug yep. me, pick me up, hug me, hug <laughs> me again, again. <laughs> well, you know, I promised you guys I would answer those two questions. Also, what's the biggest scariest dream you could go after? The biggest scariest dream for me is I have a passion for missions. And when my pastor stood up in front and said, hey, we want you to go on these week-long mission trips or two-week-long mission trips, short-term mission trips. And I go, oh, I work for AT&T. I can't do that. And so I became a real estate agent. And short time after that, everything went boom in 2007, 2008, and real estate prices fell. Nobody was buying anything. And somehow I made it through all that. But now I'm at a position right now with my new company that, I am beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a freight train coming at me, (laughs) okay? And pretty soon, I will be on the mission field. I love Costa Rica. I've got plans to go to Sierra Leone, and I help a gospel singing group on the road. So that's that's my biggest, scariest dream that I could do. And I'm watching God move in many ways. And finally, when I try to do it in my own strength, I just say, okay, God, you've got this. You've got this. The storm is... On the water, I'm in the boat. Do you care? <laughs> and he looks at me, oh, you little faith, I got this. Yeah. I got this. Quit falling in the water, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> no and, and so what's the bravest prayer you could pray? Okay, guys, I struggled with weight. I was 282 pounds. And I said, God, help me. So I went after this monster of a man named Jesse Dale. And I said, Jesse, help me. Help me. And so he got in my face, man, not in a very kind, brotherly way, but he said, okay, I'm going to do this, and you better follow the rules and do exactly what I tell you to do. And so I have been, and I've been doing that. And um, I, I all of a sudden, there was one day I was over at my mom's house. She's elderly, and I was taking care of her, and the doctor said, get a blood pressure on her. This was when I was 282 pounds, okay? And he said, get a blood pressure on her. And I said, okay. So I got her old blood pressure thingy out. You know, you stick it on the arm. It goes, and it shows you the blood pressure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I put a new battery in it. I stuck it on my arm, and I go, man, this thing's busted. So I put it on mom. I looked at it. and go, well, that's normal blood pressure. So I put it back on me. I went, that's busted. So I got on, my fr- on the phone with my friend Lolita, who's a nurse, and I go, hey, Lolita. She goes, what? And I go, what does a blood pressure of 215 over 110 mean? Mm. She goes, who's got that? I go, I do. She goes, go to the emergency room immediately. Okay, so all of a sudden, I've got high blood pressure, and I'm having to take a pill for that. So in the process of losing weight, I've lost about 40 pounds so far. Thank you, Lord. I want to go with 60 more. But um, I'm taking this blood pressure pill, just blindly taking this blood pressure pill. I go, 
I haven't taken my blood pressure for a while. I need to take my blood pressure. In fact, the first pill I got was like 50 milligrams of it, and then it was 100, okay, because it wasn't working. 50 milligrams wasn't working. So um, so then I, I took my blood pressure, and I went 80 over 30. Mm. <laughs> so then I looked up on Google. Thank you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> what is dangerous low blood pressure? <laughs> I go, oh, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. And so I thought, uh-oh. So I took my pill. I took a razor blade, cut it in half. I started taking half pills. I looked at the blood pressure again. It was better, but still a little bit below what normal is. And so I took a half a pill for about a week, and then I took no pills. And I'm like, now I'm paranoid. Oh, my gosh, I got high blood pressure. I can't do that. And so I took my thing with my little cuff with me, and I was taking my blood pressure four and five times a day. Normal, 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 normal. I've been normal for over a month now. Thank you, God. That's, that's amazing. That's a prayer. That's the bravest prayer you could pray right there. So I've been healed. I've, been, I've had a healing. Yeah. Um, how you see God when you put yourself in a situation that, it, that at its resolve, you know, there was no way it could have happened through your own strength and resources. How do you put your – here's the thing. When you, oh, we got, we got five minutes. I would better wrap it up. I, I can do this. Okay. So um, – I've noticed that Christians are good people. Okay, they're just good people. They go to church. They give of their tithe. Most of them do, or some of them do, give of their tithe. And they, they lead, you know, quiet lives. That's fine. Okay, and I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But they also never really see God move on their behalf. Yeah. Well, why not? Because they don't step out into a dangerous situation that they can't do. I had five miracles happen in one day. Um, when I felt called to ministry, I thought that I needed to go to college and finish my degree in Bible and go from there. Mid-July, no internet, fax machines, yes, but no internet, and U.S. mail, I applied to Anderson University, and I said, there's no way I've got time enough to be in college in the fall. So, uh, sure enough, in the end, end of August, I'm driving up to Anderson University, the most expensive school in the state of Indiana. <laughs> okay. Now, how old's your car? If you're do, is this a boat that you're no, taking? No, I thought it was a boat. I don't know yeah, what I was okay. driving. What was I driving back then? <laughs> I don't even remember what I was driving. For those listening on did, audio, he had I think it was a Chevy hands. Citation. There you go. Didn't have power <laughs> steering from how, how far uh, your hands were yeah. apart. <laughs> Maybe it was a rig. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, say, for, for those that are listening on audio, uh, Richard had his hands like my fish was this big. <laughs> I got great gas mileage. Yeah, great gas mileage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Prius. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm head up to Anderson University. I've got fifteen dollars left in my bank account. I've got ten dollars left on a charge card. I go up there. This lady. Uh, I, and I, I answered this call, and she goes, what are you doing over in registration? I go, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. She goes, did you quit college? Yeah. I was embarrassed. Yeah. Are you over 25? Yeah. Well, you're an, an adult and continuing education student. I go, what's that? She goes, let me just put it this way. One-third the tuition. But you got to pay me now. I go, how much is it? She goes, $1,806. I go, I don't have it. She goes, you got a credit card? I go, it ain't going to make it. <laughs> I said, you got a check? I go, yeah, I got a check. But if I drop this check, it's going to go to the top of the three-story building over there. Okay. And so she goes, well, maybe financial aid. So I go over to financial aid, and this monitor's back then. 
1989. Monitors like this big and this deep. And this lady peeks out from behind the monitor, and she goes, what are you in for? And I go, I'm not going to jail. <laughs> I go, I think I'm called to be a pastor. She goes, okay. She goes, okay, what? I, I don't have one of the financial aid transcripts from one of the, one of the schools. So what's it going to tell me? And I said, well, I didn't get any financial aid from that school. She goes, okay, I trust you. I go, what's that? She goes, you've got a student account. I go, I do? She goes, yeah, it's downstairs. you got $4,000 in it. I go, how did I do that? She goes, sign here. you got a student loan. Hmm. And so I went back over to the other lady. She turned around in shock. She goes, how did you get that $1,800? I go, lady, that was God. Miracle number one. Okay. Miracle number two is I'm thinking, i got to have a place for my family to live. Okay, yeah. so I went over to the lady with, with her student housing, and she, she, she had told us before there's a year and a half waiting list for married student housing. So I walked in, and she turns around, hands me two sets of keys. She goes, pick out which apartment you want. I go, I got a choice? And she goes, yeah. I go, how do I pay for it? She goes, you got a student account? I go, yep. <laughs> then I thought, well, maybe I could need to get my books. Well, this guy grabs my papers from me and goes, what are you in for? I'm like, Somebody else asked me that. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, no, get out of here. Get out of the bookstore. Go over there. That's the School of Theology. Most of your books are there, and they're about a third the price. And I go, how do I pay for them? He goes, you got a student account? I'm like, yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, Okay, well, I don't want my wife with kids. You know, we're bringing kids up there. Yeah. Uh, to always have to make dinner, so I wonder if I can, you know, buy a student meal ticket and take her out to dinner once in a while. And so they said, well, "Yeah, you can buy anybody you want food." And 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 I go, "How do I pay for it?" She goes, "You got a student account?" I go, yeah. I'm driving home now, guys. I'm not perfect. I I had stomach acid and worry out the yin yang. I felt like somebody was putting a hot rod through my through my body. It, the stomach acid hurt so bad. And I'm driving home and I go, "What just happened?" So I get home to the wife, and I told her, "Hey, four miracles." Explain the whole thing to her. She goes, "Well, you're wrong." I go, "What?" And I and she said, "You know, I got to get a job when I go up there." I go, "Yeah." So she goes, "Well, I work for National City Bank. It's been bought out." It's PNC now. Yeah. But I work for National City Bank. And I go, okay. Well, they just bought Anderson Banking Company. I move up there with a raise. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Five miracles in one day. The only reason that happened is because I knew that I couldn't do it on my own, but I put myself out there into the impossible, and God took care of the rest. Did Michael Landon see you in this story somewhere along the way? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but, man, I'll tell you. That was amazing. So so why does God want us to prosper anyway? And this is all a part of this divine intervention. Does he want us to prosper so we go out and buy a brand new car? No. He wants us to prosper so that we can prosper others. And I didn't realize a guy by the name of Jim Stovall, and you can look that up on YouTube. Um, strongly suggest you look up Jim Stovall and look at his stuff. But, but he's a blind man who's a movie producer and wrote books and everything. Blind man did that? Yeah, yeah. And he said – you don't have the right to lead a mediocre life. He said, because others are waiting on your success so that they too can become successful. I didn't know that sitting on the couch sucking my thumb hurt anybody. You know, and popping Cheetos in my mouth while I watch another Star Wars movie. But yeah, that's okay. You can do that once in a while. Yeah. But if that's all you ever do, then there's a problem because people are waiting on you to become successful. They're going to be yeah. in your wake, okay? And so that's that's so important. So that's that's it. That's the yeah. Alan and I were talking about that just last night about success and how we're we got to push forward and, and and get out there so that other people can experience it too. Exactly. And get in get in on the action. Exactly. I mean that really hits my personal life too. I mean yeah. that just that's pretty amazing. I mean that you know 
I'm almost 40 years old. And uh, when I was younger... <laughs> oh, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> when I, I have an 11-year-old. Uh, you feel sorry for him, too. You guys feel really bad for me. I appreciate that. I got a few gray hairs the other day. They, they view us as kids. So... <laughs> I, bet, I, I, bet you had, I bet you got pampers. I didn't. I got cloth. <laughs> <laughs> but where I was going with that I had huggies. <laughs> you still do. <laughs> hey, for those uncontrollable Saturday nights. <laughs> okay, or Star Wars marathon. Yeah, Star okay. Wars marathon. Lord, I'm sorry. I, I should not envy. You're 39. Go ahead. I'm 38. I'm 38. <laughs> Let's roll that back in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you just offended him. <laughs> sorry. You bring the guy on. Uh, How much more was your house? <laughs> Did it change day to day? <laughs> um, Not quite. <laughs> but, no, I was saying, like, being younger, I, I wanted things, right? I wanted – Sure. Uh, starting with nothing, and you, you move into that first apartment, oh, yeah. and it's empty, and you got to fill it up, and you want to fill it up with the things that you want. Right. And you can never have enough money. The jobs you work at aren't the best because you're starting out, right? right. You're, you're, gaining, you're getting skin you. in the game. Yeah, and that's the skin that you have to sacrifice, unfortunately, up front. And so you work, or at least I worked all this time, and I thought I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. And then when I finally got to the spot where I was comfortable, I didn't want the things I used to want. Exactly. Now I wanted to take that that money or or whatever I had and use it somewhere else. If someone needed it, someone needed this that M- money. At some point, I grew up. Fairly poor. And all I wanted was money, 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 money. Early 20s, money, 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 money. And now I've looked at my relationship with money has changed. And just mm-hmm. as you're saying, it's no longer something I strive for every single day, but it's something that can be used to help other people if I don't, if I have more yeah. than I need. Yep. And um, so, yeah, what you're saying there, I just, that really kind of yeah. hit me personally. And, yeah. I, and I'm a Bible junkie. Okay, I got to get my fix. And my fix is being on the mission field. So what's a paper... Like a paper cut from one of the Bible pages, like for you. Oh man, it gets it's right like in there. there. It it's gets there. there. Yeah, right in the bloodstream. Man, I'll tell you. And and how I fund my missionary habit is I sell houses. Now, do I like real estate? Yeah, it's okay. I like it. I love it. I love handing people the keys the first time. I yep. remember look on his face. Yeah. But um, that that is all well and good, and that's wonderful. But it's nothing compared to looking at somebody and leading them to Christ. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and. That's what I do. I mean, I'll probably still live in Beach Grove. I'll probably still live in 1,200 square feet up, full basement. Okay. That's all I need. In fact, I don't even need that. I've, I was calculating how much I actually live in. I live in one, 25% of my house. 25% of the square footage would be enough for me. Your wife only lets you stay in the basement? I ain't got one of those. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'd need 90%. <laughs> well, I, was, I was just thinking, you're going to the Sierra Leone, right? Yeah. I just land on it. Just throw a few diamonds in your pockets. Oh, yeah. It's no big deal. Yeah. There's plenty there. Just find them <laughs> in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sierra Leone or, you know, Costa Rica. I'm open to where God wants to take me. But bottom line is, is I, I need to fund that so that I can. And, and so that's why God wants to prosper you is so that you can prosper others. You know, not so you can get the latest, greatest, newest car. You know, yeah, he may allow that. But as long as you're doing the other stuff. You know, but, but when it's all about you, then you're on your own. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, to, to move us into the end of the family portion, I think we've kind of started off with a few good stories already. Yeah, I guess we have. Yeah, I like um, you set that up nicely. Yeah, so 
I, I think uh, stories of bravery maybe could be your theme for the week. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and and I'm nobody. Anybody can do that stuff. All you gotta do is just trust God. That's it. Yeah. Just trust, trust the Lord and take Him at His word. What does that say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will what direct your paths. Direct. Yeah. I like that. It's like the the light that we were just talking about with Louis. He's talking about his, his light shining down on him. Is like as rough as life can get. Everything's he's rolling with the punches, you know. Because oh, yeah. everything's been coming at him. And uh, as as recent as uh, the the gallbladder surgery, that was that was um, something that. Uh, well, our first few episodes of FFFP, we we were unfortunately we were doing that without Louis because we were trying to get him better. Oh, wow. And he had he had this incident where his gallbladder was fighting fighting back with him, and and <laughs> he had parts on consignment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The rest and of us are worried about trying to lose weight. You're just giving on. You're giving organs away to lose weight. <laughs> I already gave enough. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going for a heart operation to put a valve in my organ. Okay. Now there's a prayer right there. Yeah. There's one. And so we're gonna have to start calling Louis Braveheart. That's <laughs> true. Because he's going. It's, that's a brave thing to go to know that you're actually. Not doing too bad from day to day, and then they're like, "Hey, you know, we think we can improve things, but we need to put you under surgery to do that." That's that's a really brave thing mm. to do. My seventh operation, and it was brave of him to step up and go to the hospital when he and when they said his gallbladder was um, kicking his butt too. You know, because mm. um, at first he didn't want to go, and it was, and between. Me and his wife both. Well, I mean, all, all of us, you know, around Louie were like, "You need to go. We're going to take you down to the hospital." And, yeah. And, and thank God we did. Uh, hospital number two, because the first one, not not so not so good of an experience. Hey, Louie. Nah, they threw me out. <laughs> <laughs> they threw me out in the cold. I've been thrown out of better places than this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we we got him over to a, a, a better hospital. Good deal. And and they took care of him, and they were they were just lovely to him. Thank God they they were great. Even the nurse that wheeled him out, she was just so polite. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, is this is really a hospital. I couldn't believe how, because usually you know you walk into a hospital and it's it's rough. It's rough around because they they've seen death all day long, you know, and sick people, and so the, the nurses are under a lot of pressure and stress, and they don't always have a smile on their face. And I, I didn't run into one, and I had to go there rec- the same hospital recently myself, um, for the incident that I had, um. And, yeah, nothing but pleasant experiences there. That's awesome. I think God took me there and made everything look good so I won't have to suffer. Well, at least it wasn't a Prius. (laughs) 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 I'm glad God went there. I didn't have to run from the lion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We ran at it with a Dodge Durango, didn't we? There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was a good hospital. Yeah. The nurses was great. I can't complain about that hospital. Oh, that's that's awesome. That is awesome. I know that Alan's got a story of bravery. Me? Bravery? Yeah. <clears throat> As my voice cracks, bravery! <laughs> <laughs> While he wears his <laughs> the debt to does, yes. What was that? The debt to does. The debt to does. Yeah, you know, it's Superman, he wears the little, you know, red tidy whities No. On the outside, it's the debt to does. I don't have that. Da-da-da-da. Bravery. <laughs> bravery. I, see, the problem with 
the word bravery and you're looking for a story like that from me is my bravery is right on the cusp, the cutting, the leading edge. We'll say leading edge, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of stupidity. Right? <laughs> so there's bravery. And that took a left hook. I'm just saying yeah. there's, there's a fine line there between being brave and being stupid. And let's just say I'm always going to tiptoe that line. Um, see, I may, you know, I need to look something up about that. Feel free. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Um, but no, I, I, I typically, I have a white knight syndrome and I don't mean that because of the non pigment in my skin. But <laughs> if I see a situation, you know, I'm definitely one of those, you see it, you say it. No, I'm the, I'm the see it, interact with it kind of person. And as a father, that's probably isn't the best route yeah. to take. But I can't stand aggression. Uh. Uh, now, that being said, I'm going to meet their aggression with my aggression, even though I'm not in, not in the middle of it. And that's something, I don't know if it's bravery or stupidity. Because when I see someone exploiting someone else, or I see someone taking advantage of someone else, or someone aggressively, um, an aggressive act, taking an aggressive action towards somebody else, I typically mm-hmm. intervene. Even sure. if I, because of the way Chase I look at it. I mean, yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, this person yeah. is going after somebody who either can't defend themselves or isn't set up to do so. Right. And so I want to put that person, knowing that they're the aggressor and they feel like they're the dominant person in that interaction, I want to put them in a position where they have to tra- they have to trigger their fight or flight. And typically, if you put someone like that in the middle, they aren't going to fight. Okay, Louis playing a video <laughs> on his uh, iPad, and it has got a higher volume than he expected. We can throw it to the ground. Crash Apparently, Kamala Harris did it again. Got a nice case there, though. She's like Britney she Spears. Did she did it again. Yeah, but there was no oops. oops. That's the problem with her. <laughs> That's so, all we get from her. Anyway, continue on. But anyway, so I was just saying, like, yeah. I could I could rattle off several of those stories, but I think that is where I typically toe the line between bravery and stupidity is that I, I, I get in. The, so, okay, fine. We'll go into one story. One story real quick. Okay, yeah, tell me the um, Sunday morning. Not... Sunday morning this year. Okay. Sunday morning last summer. Okay. Uh, taking my daughter down to get some fancy little treats down on down, downtown. Yeah. I say downtown because yeah, yeah. most people aren't from Indianapolis. So, um, gentlemen out there, pastor, minister, someone off the street, loves the Bible. They're out there doing their thing on the corner, just preaching the word. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm you're the only you're the new person here. I'm not incredibly religious. Okay. Okay. I'm more of a heathen. But uh, I love We're the working word. On it. We're I, working lo- on it. I love yeah. the word. And sure. uh, but anyways, but I'm going to respect anyone for whatever their beliefs are. The sure. beliefs are, and, and if they want to do that on the corner, hey, I've heard worse things on the corner. Yeah, yeah. And so as we're in there, some guy is preaching. Another guy walks down the street, yells some obscenities, and I thought that was it. Okay, fine. You both had your freedom of speech. Do your thing. Yeah. But then that guy decides to start approaching the guy who's preaching. Because he won't stop. He won't stop preaching. Sure. He wants him to stop preaching. Now, the guy isn't saying anything directly back at him. Right. The guy approaches, <clears throat> getting louder, getting bigger, more aggressive. Minister doesn't do anything. He just he basically keeps preaching, and then he says, like, I'll say a blessing for you. I'll say a prayer for you. Something like that, which infuriates this guy, which then he gets bigger. I immediately leave my daughter there, and I'm like, honey, you have to stay here. Just stay right here. No matter what happens, you stay here. And I, I venture toward... All of this going on to intervene because, no, this guy isn't going to act. I don't know what it is, but I have to intervene. I have to be in there because I want to put this guy in a position where he is uncomfortable enough where he leaves the situation. Or you're attacking someone who has no reason to be attacked. Yep. Let me be the person you try to attack. 
And so, yes, stupid, brave, I don't know what it is, but that's my story. I have your answer. Yes, sir. Give it to me. 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, just a couple of weeks back, uh, you know, that was one of the uh, Bible messages that, or part of our, one of my uh, one of my messages. Oh, there you just go. A couple of weeks ago. There you yeah. go. I like it. Okay, who's next? <laughs> Who gets the sharing stick? Sharing stick. Richard, sharing Richard, stick. you got get some. Excuse you got a brave story. Oh man, I, that's the one I just already gave you guys. I, I can't think of anything off. The, well, I'll tell you what. You know, there's a lot of things we do that are that are brave. There's a lot of things we do that are brave, and they say there's no no uh, atheist in a foxhole. Yeah, nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. When you uh, take the blue pill instead of the red pill, and you see just how deep the foxhole is or the rabbit hole, is it the is this the high blood pressure pill again? No, <laughs> just make no. sure. No, this is this is uh, Morpheus and uh, Neo. <laughs> Matrix. Okay. And you, oh, I got it. I just yeah. didn't know. I knew his history on blood pressure pills. I just want to make sure we were, <laughs> he was telling, if he was giving me life lessons or not. No, what, I, what I'm really saying is, is when you leave the secure paycheck, nine to five, Monday through Friday, and you jump into full-time commission as a real estate broker, because you don't, if you don't sell, you don't eat. Okay. Um, there is no atheist that's a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, because you're praying to God like, God, oh, where's it going to happen next? So it's it's brave, and, and I don't mind doing that because I know what the end result is. I have my eyes on the goal, and my goal is to get in front of somebody in Costa Rica or Sierra Leone or with the gospel singing group you know, that I support. And so there's nothing that I, – I mean, I don't have the fear because it's not about <coughs> me. It's not about me. It's, it's about looking at that end goal. It's about – Getting in the boat, looking at the far shore, and focusing on the far shore, not the storm. That's hard to do. <laughs> and sometimes Jesus has to look at me and shake his head and say, oh, you little faith. And I said, God, don't you see what's going on right now? <laughs> but, you know, I know that I know that he still takes care of us. I know that that still happens. So, so I've already been to Costa Rica once, but I need to go back. Um, I still, in my mind's eye, I still see people on the side of a mountain in the jungles of Costa Rica who need us, you know, and, and they want us and they desire us, you know, to come back. And so I'm just waiting for that time. Yeah. Well, we can get you, you go ahead. You're the host. Oh, okay, yeah. Don't well, let me talk. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm Just trying to be people. gracious. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so a story for me, um, story of bravery. Let's think here. Um, well, like just like what Alan talks about. You asked so, me to be your realtor. That's pretty brave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think uh, that goes both ways for us uh, <laughs> because we both like to talk, and I think my wife uh, had to just sit there and let us talk for a, quite a while well, several I, times. She's the one buying the house anyway. We just let her look at the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, just like with Alan, what he's talking about is um, – I just have this thing where I've got to intervene in a lot of things. I want to stand up for the little guy. Yeah. Like even if I don't agree with the little guy, like far be far beyond disagree with the little guy. Oh yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but if if the if the little guy in in a, in a situation is being grouped up on, mm-hmm. I, I feel the need to stand up. The underdog. For the little, yeah. Always. Stand up for the underdog. Maybe it's we're, American. We're, we're never going to be those people who pull our phones out and yell "World Star." 
No. No, we're just going to be right there in the middle while someone else pulls them out for us. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. I'll be, I'll be there. 911. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll we'll do all the bouncing. Me and Alan will do all the bouncing, and, and Louie can just get re- get his pistol ready. Cause I'm too, too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Danny Glover of the group. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that hit late for me for whatever reason. <laughs> you said that, and I was thinking something else, and I went, oh, no. I, I get it. I'm behind the count. <laughs> You see, kids. Leave I guess a weapon. that makes Let's you Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Uh, what? What? Who am I? Joe Pesci? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're shrugging like that. Yeah. 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 Who am yeah. I? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. 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 Okay. Back. Back, back to brave things. <laughs> yeah. Family things. So there's been plenty of instances where I've I've uh, I've stood up for the little guy, but I, I want to go. We'll take it back to high school. Um. Uh, there were there was a lot of uh, people that I hung out with that were, uh, let's, if we're being brutally honest, nerds, we're geeks, okay. you know, they weren't the, uh, same here. Yeah. You know, they weren't the, 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 the type of group that, uh, got invited to things or anything like that. I, I mean, I hung out with everybody. I was, I was yeah. a fairly popular kid in school. They weren't called geeks back then. They were called um, dorks <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> But um, there was one uh, one young man in particular, and, and, I, and I, I don't want to say his name because I don't know if he'd, he'd want me to tell the story in particular sure. with his name in it. But um, he had uh, four individuals that were just picking at him hard. Um, and I knew he had no idea how to stand up for himself and or, or talk back. or And I always had that quick wit of, you know, being able to just – use my words first. And then if, if it's got to go, then I'll get quiet. Um, but it did, it did come to that. Cause at first I was, I was cracking jokes on the guys, just kind of throwing it back at them, whatever they would say, I would throw it back at them. And, uh, and it came down to a point where that was going to be the end of it. And I knew that it was got to, about to come to a physical altercation. So I stood up to the plate on that too. And yeah. little did they know that this guy, they thought I was also this nerdy geeky guy and they didn't know that uh, nerd, geek, whatever you want to call me, had hands. And so <laughs> I charged and knuckles, at that. And knuckles. <laughs> and I charged at that lion. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and end up uh, busted lip about 20 minutes later, sitting on the curb, handcuffs on my, and behind and behind me. Oh, my goodness. And I, and I thought, uh, so I, we had a senior year of high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, so we have both the school police and the – um, security guards that because we have went to Arsenal Technical High School, so oh, gotcha. It's, it's a slow, that's the size of a college campus. There. That happens so, every hour. Yeah, so they have to have security guards full, full staff all the time, and um, but yeah, I'm sitting there with uh, the security guards uh, and and the, the police, and they're they're talking amongst themselves and everything, and uh, about the time they come around to me and they say, well, you know why you're in handcuffs today? Because they'd already talked to the other four. Well, and usually the first story that that police officers hear, not always, but usually the first story they hear is the one that they're lot more likely to believe that day that the little kid that I, or the younger kid who happened to be a freshman, he learned to stand up in that moment. Yeah. And he became brave and he got big and he said, no, 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 no. He was protecting me. He was helping me. And he goes through the whole thing. He starts telling the, the police the whole story and you can see the other four guys across the way. They're, they're stewing cause they, they know that now there's two brave individuals right. against them. Stand up against them. And facing the lion. Yeah, it was it was one of the best days of my life because, now, mom, when you see this, it did happen. 
and uh, <laughs> statute of limitations. You can't you can't punish me now. So <laughs> I'm at my own house now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many times have I heard my son say, "Since you can't get me in trouble anymore, let me tell you what." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, the the police officers they they talk to me a little bit. You know, like, hey, if it comes to you know uh, a physical altercation, sure. try to get out of there. And I'm like, this was an unavoidable situation. Right. I, I, I give them kind of the rundown of like, hey, hands were going to come at us one way or the other, and it was either going to be we defended ourselves or it was it was going to be zero hour. They let you go or they haul you in? So, yeah, they ultimately, after a lot of talking, it, it took a lot of uh, swaying, but they <laughs> <laughs> but they understood, you know, after hearing the, the other kid's story. And, sure. Um, they, they ultimately just let me go, and, and I was at school the next day, and those four individuals were not. Ooh, um, interesting. Completely expelled. Yeah. After that, so good deal. It does pay to, you know, in my experience, stand up, stand up and be brave and and stand in the way of those who are, um, you know, not sure if they could do it. Maybe now that that guy's probably a bodybuilder. Who knows? <laughs> um, but back then, he, you know, he had no idea what to do in that situation, and I know exactly what to do. You know, when I was picturing that in my mind when you were talking back and forth with him, and you said, "I know how to talk better." I thought of two things my dad used to always say. Your mouth is about to, about to get your butt in trouble. <laughs> you know, the, the other one thing my dad used to say all the time is, says, I'm having a battle of wits with an unarmed opponent. <laughs> I said that to my daughter once, and she stopped, and she goes, I go, what's wrong? She goes, you're not supposed to have anything cool to say. <laughs> what you got, Louie? I went through a similar action like you did yeah i used to be scared when i was young Mm -hmm. i used to go to high school and i used to go six seven blocks to get to high school so i used to run to school and run home try to avoid the gangs and all that you know how rough new york is so i try to rough avoid the gangs and all that because they always want to beat you up or try to get you in a gang so one day they surrounded me and caught me. But uh, before then, I was always doing exercise at home, getting tough, because I knew one day I was going to have to fight. Mm-hmm. They surrounded me, and, and they told me, you're going to have to fight six guys. I said, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to talk out of it and say, yo, I'm not a fighter and this and that. And so I had a fight. So I fought the first guy. And by some miracle, I knocked him out. I said, oh. So I had to fight next. the next guy. <laughs> next. <laughs> I had to face six lions that day. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And um, I can't even imagine. Finally, I beat up three of them. And then all the rest of them jumped in and beat the living daylights out of me. And then after that, they didn't bother me anymore. Yeah, they had respect, yeah. Yeah, they saw that, uh, you know, that's what they wanted to see, me to show myself to be brave at least, you know, and I did that, and they stopped bothering me. They tried to get me in the gang, but I never wanted to join until later on, but that was my story. Awesome. I like that. So you offended them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of offending people, I think we should jump over into the uh, politics portion and do a little bit of offending ourselves, huh? Oh, I like it. Let's get well, into it. What's the role of a Christian? It's to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. 
You know, and and well, another point I, I brought up last week about the message I said uh, we need to start getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. And so that goes right into your message. It was like it was like it was meant oh, to come nice. right after. Nice. Is that Mary's right in there? So what did he got for us? Politics. So from the New York Post, we have. Well, there's your first problem. <laughs> hey, it's from the New York Post. Now it's that's not the New York Times. All right. Is it um, on Toyd and Toyd Street? Yeah. <laughs> you got got a New Yorker right here next to you, Richard. So I know. Watch out! I, mean, I love New York. Might get brave on you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So from from the New York Post this week, we had uh, a story come out. It's, it's UFC legend Cain Velasquez arrested on suspicious of a uh, suspicion of attempted murder. Now, Cain Velasquez, one of the greatest UFC uh, fighters of all time was arrested in California on suspicion of attempted murder. San Jose police announced on Tuesday that Velasquez was arrested in connection with a shooting in which an adult male was hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. The motive and circumstances surrounding the incident are still under investigation at this time, police said. Velasquez, 39, was booked into Santa Clara County Jail Monday night. He is being held without bail. Now, um, what we actually come to find out later in the week, and um, that, that gives us a little more details, um, Velasquez, the, the man that he, he shot, was um, someone who, who touched his child mm. and not in a, in, a, in a good way. Wow. And now, I don't have any children of my own, but I do have nieces and nephews. And I know that God's not a guy that wants us to get revenge, but I tell you what, if someone had done that to one of my nieces and nephews, mm -hmm. I would sit happily in a prison cell after that with a smile, big old smile on my face, knowing that I chased this guy down and did what he did. Um, the unfortunate um, side effect to this, though, was that the uh, the man who touched his child was in the car with um, with the, this man's father. It was, his, it was, it was his, oh. he was in the car with his father, and so the straight, the bullet actually. He was a stepfather. Stepfather. Stepfather, yeah. yeah. Stepfather. So the bullet actually goes stray and hits the stepfather. Oh, so it didn't hit the perpetrator? No. Mm -hmm. Oh. So. Lessons, kids. That's, yeah. why you, that's why you don't drive horrible people around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to be a vigilante, this is not a call to action. I'm just saying, you know, in your mind, if you're going to be a vigilante. Um, so let get, me get this straight. He's going to go out, and he's going to shoot the guy that touched his daughter. But mm -hmm. he shoots at him, misses, and hits father-in-law. Mm -hmm. Stepfather. And now he's yeah. he's in jail um, without any chance of bail. Now, to backtrack a little bit, the the man who did this uh, perpetration um, against his daughter uh, got out scot-free. Mm. Didn't, didn't spend very long in jail at all. Uh, judge just uh, against the DA's um, judgment was just let it, let go. Wow! And yet we have this situation where Velasquez, who's doing what I would think any father would want to do, um, you know, he, he goes and tries to get justice for his daughter. Uh, my only suggestion here would be, I mean, he is a UFC fighter. Um, instead of using a gun, he could have just used the guns that are right there on his body and beat the living daylights out of this guy. Um, and yeah, you could definitely get a 
an easy plea on that. Yeah. Especially considering the circumstances. Yeah. You could definitely get off on a plea on that. Now, unfortunately, though, because you are a trained fighter, they will take exception. Because mm-hmm. you have skills. You have skills. But yeah. it's... They've got a better. certain set of skills. Right. <laughs> Smack you in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, open hand, just the whole time. Just slapping, just open hand the whole time. That would be so much fun to watch. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> yeah, once you're a wrestler or a martial artist, your hands are legal weapons. Well, I don't let know me, about, you know, professional wrestling, because, you know, that's fake. Let, let me I just want to hear the messages that come let, after let me, ask the ma- <laughs> let, let me ask the mastermind here a question. The mastermind group here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Have you ever had anything done to you that was unfair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, multiple times. Me, me too. And what was your response to it? Equal opportunity, yeah. usually. Um, and, and unfortunate sometimes because sometimes revenge is not the best medicine. <laughs> I'm going to have to be careful how I say my story because I want everybody to re- remain anonymous. Okay. So, including us? Yeah. Okay, we'll stay. stay. No one knows us. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Richard didn't mention he's an Alzheimer's patient. So I had an incident happen in my life (laughs) that was absolutely devastating. Cost me my job, cost me my home, cost me everything at the hands of the decision of one person. Okay? And so another person that was very close to me was saying, well, don't you want to get them back? Don't you want to get that? And I said, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Yeah. Now, everything in my human fleshy side said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get them back. I'm, I'm, you know, they're going to pay for this, you know, but there was another thing in me that was like pulling me back away from that. I mean, I, I, it was almost, I could feel my flesh ripping. Yeah. You know? and, Certainly. And then, and then I said the consequences of what they did. God is not going to let slide. See, here's the thing. All sin is equal in the eyes of God. All sin is it, all sin is falling short of the glory of God. It yeah. all all of it is. But some sin has more lasting consequences than others. Now, if you said to me, "Did you leave a spot on my table when you put your coffee cup down?" No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, we just clean it up like we did that. But if I come and gr- do some kind of gross offense against you that has ramifications that go on and on and ripples effects that go on and on through life, and you know that is grievous. But both are sin. Both have the same consequence as far as breaking the law. But the consequences are different. So the consequences of this molestation yeah. will go on with this little girl. Okay, and they'll they'll go on and on, and it may even affect her ability to have a normal relationship with her husband when she grows up, and that may even go on down to the next generation. That could that could happen. That could happen. So, but here's what happened in my case. I I told my friend. I said, "Hey, God will take care of this for me. You just watch." And sure enough, this person had one calamity after another, after another after another, and all of that was a result of had they not done what they did to me, none of those things would have been possible in their life. What did I do to you? No, no it's not you, buddy. <laughs> it's not you. I was pulling out an Allen joke there. I like it. And so I think of, you know, 
and and here's the here's the most devastating thing I can think of besides a child being molested. Yeah. Okay, is when a family breaks apart and there's children involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, when mom and dad keep fighting in front of the kids, who suffers? The child, kids. Exactly. Yeah. So even though you said the right thing at the right time to really <clears throat> get at them, you know, uh, what did you just do to your kids? Because when you look at your kids, half of their DNA is yours, but the other half is hers. Yes. You, you see what I'm saying? So, so when I do something mean or disrespectful, then I'm disrespecting them because half of them is her. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think, and I, I see this happen all the time in broken families and, and broken up families. And I see also consequences coming when, when these people decide to remarry because they carry the same trash with them into the new new marriage. And then we have a broken family yet again. And so so I guess it's hard. I mean, I'm a man. You know, I'm a, we, we, we are all men, right? You're, 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 we're men. We're not boys. Yeah. After Unless the operation, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Stop, I am a man. Uh, you, you, do, you do have the XY chromosome. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I so get them put in every Thursday. So we're not. <laughs> we're, they ask why. I said guys, plenty. Guys, guys. <laughs> oh, I'm losing it. Okay. So we're not boys. We're men. And so we're, we're, we're wired to be protective and provide for our families. Yes. That's what we're wired to do. So mm-hmm. the natural response is, I'm going to kill that guy. Mm-hmm. But you see the consequence of my vengeance and my anger actually put a bullet in somebody else I didn't intend to do. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's hard when it comes to a yeah. kid to turn the other cheek a lot of times. Me? I would have done the same thing that man would have did. I'm not other. saying I wouldn't. I'm not saying I wouldn't because I'm a human being also. You know, but wow. Yeah, it would definitely be hard to walk away. Well, and, and to go to, to Louis' point about turning the other cheek. Now, I, I don't know. If, I think you know the context there with that, uh, Richard. It's when, 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 he, uh, when he said to turn the other cheek, he was actually drawing a line in the sand. Right. Because in that day and time, Right. That would have been set up as a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so in a Jewish custom, just so you know, okay, it's like when Jesus says, turn the other cheek also. Okay, what he's saying is take it to its maximum, um, um, I want to say, negotiation that you can do. Because here's what would happen with you when, when you're not going to get in a fight, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you slap me on the right side. And then what, what I, as, I, as, as we continue to escalate, I slap you on the left side. Okay. But as I continue to escalate, I stomp my right foot. And then as it continues to escalate, I stomp my left foot. After that, there is no more. We just, we're fighting at that point. So, yeah. so that's what it's, he's saying. He says, take it to the maximum level possible before. Yeah. It, it's the, it's the line in the sand. It's like, do you want to do this? Right. Do you want to do this? So you're right. On. I just want to let you know, if we do this, you're going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> There's no turning back. Yeah, so, don't, don't don't come to my house without an appointment, because yeah. you'll, you'll meet my best buddy, my heater. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking. You know, oh, you've probably seen the meme where it's if they're going to call pedophilia a disease, then five five six is penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good treatment. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> uh, um, the um, gosh darn it. Where's my brain going with that? I'm you, sorry. You t- told such a good joke that was high caliber. 
Hey, uh, look at you, high caliber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was right uh, by you. Yeah, so no. because I've We're I've uh, I've lost my train of thought, toot toot. Um, <laughs> so that was the end, that was the end of the family portion, right? That was the beginning of the politics. That's the beginning of the politics. politics. Yeah, we're, 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 it sounded we're more like a family. Well, we we got into somebody else's family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes these things just kind of intertwine. Yeah, it's how yeah, it goes, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, if so someone intertwines with your child, you kill them. Yeah, that's it. Bada yeah, bing, exactly. bada boom. I know if I get <laughs> smacked in my face, I lose it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm smacking back. Yep. So. Yeah. I don't know about turning the other cheek or not. We're yeah. going to kill each other. We're going to do one. We're going to do one cheek. But you got you got that line, and then you tell him, say, hey, I only got one more here. He I only got one more. Once he smacked me, he passed that line. <laughs> 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 he, he didn't know that he crossed the line already. Yeah. He didn't give him a verbal warning. He just said, okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, so uh, in, in, in other news, we got uh, coming from uh, ABC News. Good source, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> top tier, top kinda tier. Like, kind of like New York Times. So we can get some writers. We'll the, listen to it. Okay. The failing New York Times. <laughs> and so, yeah, here with ABC News, um, Biden signs an order on cryptocurrency as its use explodes. Now, um, in Washington, President Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden, on Wednesday signed an executive order uh, on government oversight of cryptocurrency that urges uh, the Federal Reserve to explore whether the central bank should jump in and create its own digital currency. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, for what she's worth, said that, <laughs> said the effort would uh, promote a fairer and more inclusive and more efficient financial system. Got to be inclusive. <laughs> right? <laughs> Got to have that uh, – what, what, what is that? Started. What is that they call it? It's not it's – not, uh, Equity? It's equity. It's yeah, equity. That's no, equity. Yeah, that's yeah, equity. Financial sir. equity. Not everybody so, can get it. <laughs> yeah. While countering illicit financial, uh, while, while countering uh, illicit finance and uh, preventing risks to financial stability and national security. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever bought <laughs> stock. Oh, yeah. But, uh, uh, bought a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. So there's these things called dark pools. Alan, you know a little bit that, about that. Um, just watch a, a few videos. Uh, go to Rumble. Subscribe to our show first. Uh, yeah, uh, you first know, stop. hit the notification bell. It should, it should be your homepage. Like all the videos, comment. You know, go over to Laughing Libertarian. Do the same. It's a pretty good move. Yeah, uh, but while you're there, look up about cryptocurrency first of all. So what they're proposing here is something that is already kind of happening with uh, both uh, a cryptocurrency called Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, the biggest ones. It's, it, so these are these are the the ones that are going to be affected because they have a, a connection to the central banks, the Fed as we know it, right? Um, now there are other cryptocurrencies out there that I, I will not name, um, but they are not tied to this, and so that's what they're trying to block. They want to block the the ability to be able to to have money that's not connected to a, a centralized banking system. And he did this with a stroke of a pen. An executive order doesn't even go. To talk to Congress a little bit, mm-hmm. yes. Alan? I I don't know what the third the third story is here, but I just wanted to say this real quick, just really quickly. They can with a stroke of a pen, he can go ahead and do this. He can really tear into Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin's being used to aid uh, Ukraine. It's being used to aid truckers. It's being used to to do things to get around the banking system. That's that's the problem. 
Yeah. But he can't use a stroke of a pen to drop off, you know, federal fuel tax. Right. He can't do that. Nobody, nobody in this country is screaming. We gotta, we gotta regulate Bitcoin. But we are talking about how we can't afford to fill up our cars and we can't afford and we can't afford to feed our, our family. I know we'll get right back in a second, but a stroke of a well, pen, he can knock that eighteen cents off. To be fair, he can't work Facebook, and I don't know who runs his Twitter. I mean, that's fair. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> as we discussed last week, all he does is dawdle. Well, guys, the the other side of the coin oh, <laughs> is <laughs> is you it, you have to understand the Federal Reserve. Okay, there is a, a documentary that just really blew my mind wide open. It's called Money for Nothing Inside the Federal Reserve. Okay, so you're the Federal Reserve, and I'm a banker. You just offended Alan once more. I know. That, I, know. I have a libertarian, sir. Don't talk okay. to me about the Federal Reserve. <laughs> Don't you cuss me like that. I think he knows. <laughs> okay, he probably already knows this. Okay, so I need money. Okay, so what I do is I come to you for money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I return to you a note. That's all it is, guys. That's all it is. It's just it's, it's paper. I, it's I don't, paper I don't have silver or gold to back it, yeah. so it's my word. And, and who runs the Federal Reserve? It's not even a it's not even a part of our federal government. It sounds like it is. Yeah, but it's not. It's world bankers. World bankers. Yeah. Okay, they have more power than our own federal right. government. So why was Bitcoin even invented to begin with? To get away from that. Yeah. What did Andrew Jackson, as president of the United States, do? To the Federal Reserve. Actually, he tried to prevent it from being coming into play. Yeah. There was a, a national bank at that point, and it wasn't called the Federal Reserve. But then he tried to kick him out when the balance, when the ballot, uh, the the budget was balanced. Yeah. He tried to kick him out. Only president in history, by the way, to ever do that. Right. Ever. Right. Andrew Jackson. Right. One of my favorites. So. Yeah. 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 So he and I saw. Yeah. Yep. There's his book. Right there. Share with the class. Right there. Yeah. Okay, Andrew Jackson. Is, okay, a book by Brian Kilmeade. Uh, yeah. Andrew Jackson, Miracle in New Orleans. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, he's he's not a but not Andy part Jackson, of the show, but Andy yeah. Jackson had it right. Great book. Okay, so so our Federal Reserve. When you when you watch this video, now this is on Tubi. It's a free download. So just download Tubi. Go to Money for Nothing Inside the Federal Reserve. You're gonna be absolutely shocked and scared out of your gourd about what's going on. What's going on? So. To have Biden try to say, oh, we're going to make our own Bitcoin at the Federal Reserve. No. Yeah. No what? Thing. You know, we want to go right back to what we're trying to reject. You, yeah. can't, you can't back your own money. Right. Yeah. Why do you want our popularity of your money to dictate right. how yeah. much it's worth? They right. already got control of enough of my money. Just look at my last paycheck. Yeah. You know? And Well, and, and control <laughs> well, the value of that money. Let me, let, yeah. me, let me show you something else here, too. Okay, so and here, here's here's some money. There's some yeah. money right there. There's a one, five, there's or a 75 cent. Promissory notes. <gasps> hey, there's a 50. I didn't even know I had that. Ooh. Ooh. couple bucks. Okay, so. Richest man at the table. Richest okay. man at the table. So, according to this documentary, how much of this exists is for the, uh, what percentage of this exists to the total money supply? That much. I think it's around 16%. Really? So, you can't – I mean, it's all smoke and mirrors, every bit of it. So, in other words, if you say, that water bottle right here costs a buck, and I give you a buck, you're trusting me that the value is there. Right. And it's not even there. It's, I mean, it's very <laughs> true. And, in fact – It's in an this, awful barter system. Okay, now, <laughs> being, a, being a real estate agent, I would have told you this was impossible, and I might even use the BS word. But in this documentary, a person was being foreclosed on. And he said, wait a minute, in order for you to foreclose on me, you would have had to have provided the money 
for my house to begin with. And you didn't because the Federal Reserve and the bank, you just created it out of right. thin air. Cahoots. So so contractually, there was no consideration given, so we really don't have a mortgage. And you know what the judge said? What's that? You're right. You're right. They got to keep their house. Hmm. <laughs> So can I throw can I throw some gas yeah. in this fire? Yeah, please do. All of it, all, all of it, them. all of it. So we're talking about it's expensive. So you know. I mean, I better go all in. Right. Yeah. Come on. Um, if we're going to talk about our physical money not really having much more value than a promise, right? Yeah, it's just a piece of paper. That promise that you believe is worth that bottle. Yeah, though they tell us it's yeah. worth that yeah. bottle yeah. and that yeah. bottle, right? So that is based off. Just, I mean, just like stocks, mm-hmm. just like Bitcoin, just like all these things, it becomes down. It comes down to what people believe it's worth. It's a collectible. Exactly. It's a collectible, not a not a piece of monetary good. The belief in something is what makes it valuable, as we're talking about. As we're starting to get into a position where China, Europe, Russia, is starting to say that maybe the U.S. dollar shouldn't be the standard. Oops. What? What's that? Yeah. We flood the market. What? Wait we, a minute. This here says that, that, that the dollar is the standard for everything, especially when they right. got rid of the gold. So no gold, <sighs> no, no, no gold, no silver, overprinting oh, the money no. to devalue it. Now, wait a minute. They went to Fort Knox and they opened up a little closet and there was a wall of gold right there. So they said that's where all the gold is. It's, it's spray painted. <laughs> and we don't know what was behind it either. Mm. Not enough. I mean, there's this Dust wall. Bunnies. Yeah. There's this wall of gold and it's like, oh, okay. So, so yeah, you print a bunch of it. You don't back it with anything. You've devalued it, and now you've you've shut out part of the world from using your currency. And it's a part of the world where they have their own currency, and they can they have a big enough economy that they can actually leverage it. Yeah. So now they can just say, "Hey, your money is not the standard," because it was never the silver standard, it was never the gold standard, right. and you've you've de- you've devalued it, and now our money can be stronger than yours. So what does that say? Now we now we have a ruble situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That just it's it's insane to me. I'm sorry. I'm okay. going to stop. I'm going off my show. My but, but, but what is the real power arm of the power brokers who are at the Federal Reserve? United States Air Force, Army, okay. Navy, Marines, Coast Guard. That's that's their muscle. And so so here's nothing. We 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 go into countries, and I come to your country, and I say, hey, you need to take out this loan for ten godzillion dollars. I like Godzillion dollars. Yeah, Godzillion dollars. I yeah. trust those. You take out, you take out this yeah. loan. And by mm-hmm. the way, you're going to use it to improve your superstructure. Okay? Mm-hmm. But you got to use our contractor. Halliburton. Oh, yes. yeah. you got to nice. use our contractor because we got to make them wealthy back there in Texas. Texas. Call back to George Bush for sure. Yeah, yeah there you and, go. Uh, Dick okay. Yeah. okay, so you say, I don't want your loan. My streets are fine. Oh, yeah, you do. So then comes along the CIA. It's like, oops, I try to do something that's very embarrassing so that you get deposed. And I put Clinton instead. He's take, much more agreeable. Yeah. You want to take my loan? No, he's not working. Oh. <laughs> we'll have to go find another person. Oh, he's seen Biden it. dawdling across the but stage, too. He said, no, no. He's spent all the money. <laughs> but, 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 but let's say I can't get him deposed. Oh, all of a sudden something happens. Some kind of crisis happens, and I got to send the Navy in, the Air Force, and Marines. Yeah. yeah either either negotiate it or take it. Yeah. Exactly. Conquer and keep. Exactly. And how Sounds many, like all of history. And how many times have we 
That's my mama calling. <laughs> and how many times have we done that? You don't hang up on your mama. I just did. Oh, I didn't. She's live. Uh, no, no, it's 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 not live. Oh, it's still in the midst okay. of a phone call. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm a, I'll be home soon, Mom. I promise. Yeah, Mom. So since Mom's calling, uh, we'll get into the, th- the third and final story. Okay. Um, flip the script here a little bit. Now, um, from Fox News, we like Fox. Or I do, anyway. I don't know about you guys, but I like Fox. But uh, anyway, they said they got to come up with a story out of Florida. Um, Florida man. Yeah. Democrats claim that, well, they claim a lot of things. But in the headline here, they claim that Florida is pushing for the Quote, don't say gay, Bill. Here's what the legislation actually says. Okay. <laughs> what does it actually say? So Florida Republicans on Tuesday passed a parental rights bill that uh, prog- uh, progressives have claimed uh, uh, claimed it is anti-alphabet group, LGBTQ. Uh, but absent from much of the discussion around the bill are the actual contents of the proposed legislation. The bill officially named Parental Rights in Education bans schools, uh, employees, or third parties from giving classroom instructions on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. The bill, which passed uh, the state Senate Tuesday after passing the House last month, has dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill by Democrats who falsely claim it bans any discussion pertaining to uh, being uh, gay in the state schools. It sounds like a, this is Ooh, a every, everybody was like, yeah, is it, uh, it's, it's like saying that it's banning all discussion of. So, I mean, imagine your 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 child is in kindergarten through sure. third grade. Sure. Um, should they be discussing gender identity and sexual orientation or sex in, in general? General. Yeah. Right. The birds and the bees. So they know the birds and the bees when they're in kindergarten. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in. Eighth grade is when I remember first having that class. Yeah, and we're all going yeah, snickering we can, because we can handle it then. Still weren't old enough. Yeah, could handle it. Then. Alan, no, Louis had his. Oh, hand Louis, up. Louis, Louis. I don't think they should be set, um, teaching that in schools because when you have a baby, he don't know what gender is, or girl, mm-hmm. or boy. The parents, except for the kid in kindergarten, cop, he knew. <laughs> no, Never mind. The yeah. kids, when they're born, the mother and father should teach them. Yes. Instead of the school. Do You're you a boy, to... be a boy. If he turns later on, that's on him. Now, wait a minute, Louie. Now, are you trying to tell me that myself as a parent, I'm supposed to parent and not give it to the school? You got what? You got to get on the school. I got to be a parent? Yes, there's no way to you know as much parents. as them. That's <sighs> the parents. Um, hey, don't ask me. Ask your teacher, <laughs> right? And if you hear about this, parents should go to school and tell them not to do that. But a kid is not born like that, and he should be taught what he is. It's like a kid. A, a girl comes up. I'm a girl. I got one of those. I'm a boy. I got one of those. <laughs> that's the way it should be. You know, yeah. you should teach them. Simple let, biology, really. Don't let some kid out there that's probably gay or teach your boy or some schools to teach your boy what to be. That's fair. Because it changes the how to think. Yeah. You know, and as we do. It this, also changes the what that is. 
As yeah. We, as, <laughs> Jesus, what is that? Well, as we do this, too, I think we need to do it in a total spirit of love and not condemnation. Because, I, I mean, if you read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People, the first mm-hmm. chapter says that if I accuse you of something, you're going to defend yourself no matter how wrong you are. But if I come alongside of you and love on you, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Maybe I have the wrong fact. So I, I think we have to be careful about how we approach people and do it in a spirit of love, but truth, but spirit of love. Yeah, well, we're talking about small children here, though. Yeah. Um, so regardless of gay or straight, I think Alan would agree here. I, I just want to throw something in there yes. real quick. Yeah. So at least Indiana, uh, which I imagine stretches even in Florida too, uh, most kids – learn about their bodies mm-hmm. in fourth grade. They have that little break up the girls in one room, break up the boys mm-hmm. in the room, and they learn yeah. about that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's fourth grade. They're doing that because, I mean, girls are going to start changing, boys are going to start changing the next year or so after yeah, that. that's yeah. true. So we're saying kindergarten through third grade, kindergarten through third grade, they're teaching them gender identity. Talking about six, seven, and eight-year-olds. Before, the year before, multiple years before, they've learned how their own bodies work. Yeah. How does that function? I mean, even I'm not saying you should tell fifth graders, but what I'm saying is you should at least have that somewhere. If if, if you're thinking rationally, which <laughs> they're liberal, um, that's <laughs> enough. But if you're thinking rationally, you think you'd be after, hey, this is how your body functions and these are what these parts are and this is what's going to happen. And maybe a hair or two is going to pop up in these areas. You think after that is when they would start to say, now that you know what your parts are, yeah. let's talk about gender identity. Yeah. Now, if, I, I'm, I'm – If they want to. Well, you know, this thing is a slippery slope. I, I was shocked. Just the other day I was having a conversation with a parent, and they're talking about how this one kid is really acting up and causing their kid a lot of trouble in school. And I go, what's going on? They go, well, he identifies as a dog. And so he sits there and barks and whimpers and pants and is driving my kid crazy. But we can't say anything. That's rough. Because we don't want to offend him. But a boom. Oh, we got, it. we got the sound effect in. Okay, so, Thanks, so so it's a slippery slope. Where's it all going to end? Okay, so I identify with having sex with a dog. <laughs> okay, what are you going to say to me? What? I mean, where does it end? Where does right. the slippery slope end? It's like I, I remember being at the playground and standing up on the huge slide, you know, the stainless steel slide. Oh, they were still metal back then. Yeah, yeah they were stainless yeah, we had, steel. We had fun on those too. Yeah, and so – you can only go over that little hill so far at the top of the slide before you're going to go down. And it burns right. your skin off your legs. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you put, put a little suntan lotion on, man, you can get a, you can get a good couple grill lines on your legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to Vaseline them up now. <laughs> End up in the next county. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I, it, so, I mean, philosophically, where do we where, do, where does it end, uh, and, and, you know, I, I didn't want you guys to think that I was all for it. I was just saying, like, cart before the horse kind of situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, cart before the horse. Now you're talking gender identity before you've even told them anything about their bodies. And well, you know, you're, you're a good point. I mean, what is, this, what is this legislation really saying? So what's the point? The point is when, not yeah. what. Yeah, we don't have a problem with you. Yeah, you know, you, you make your own decisions. Yeah. Don't expect everybody else to feed into your, your mental illness. Right. But at least do it in the right <laughs> order. Right? When I had my kids... I know how schools are and how yep. other kids are. Yep. They learn sex at an early age, which they shouldn't, but they do. I, I knew that, so when I had my kids, I taught them about it. I taught yep. them, look, you're a girl. 
you're a boy. Yep. This is the way you should act. Don't let no other kid tell you what you are or ain't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And don't let other boys try to convince you that you're either gay or you're, you know, or you're not. Yeah. You know? And they learned that. And thank God they're all boys and girls. And it's tough as a parent, isn't it? Because my son was probably in the first grade, I think it was. And I was saying his prayers. And in the very next room was our bedroom. My wife was already in bed. And I'm saying his prayers. And we always had these little discussions, which were phenomenal. I loved those little discussions. And we, being on the university, we moved to the university because I was still going to school at that point. Um, I showed him the time-life photographs of the baby in the mother's womb. You know, that was real popular back then. And, yeah. and I said, isn't this wonderful, Daniel, how this baby is being formed and all that. So, you know, a week later, a couple weeks later, he's up in the bed, and I'm saying his prayers. And he goes, Dad, how did how did I come to be? And I go, well, I showed you those those time-life photos and all the other things. I said, he goes, no, 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 Dad, no, no. How did that get started? Yeah. Well, there's this this stork. Well, that's exactly what my wife did. My wife is in the other room going, (laughs) and I'm like. That was the hot potato that landed in your hands. And then I looked up to heaven, like most parents do, because there's no atheist in there as a parent, right? Right. I looked up to heaven, and I go, God, give me the right thing to say. Okay. Son, when people love each other and they get married, they do something that causes that to start, okay? And I'm like in my head saying, take it. Take it. He goes, okay, daddy. (laughs) Those are the wins. Those are the wins you take right there. Right. But I don't think he was at an age where he could have understood what this is talking about. Exactly. Uh, You you know, and my daughter's 11, and uh, I don't have to worry about that stuff so much. Uh, She's got a boyfriend. He's he's an adorable little kid. Uh, But there is a a push because so much much of the media, so much uh, influence, these these the people, I hate to say mm-hmm. these people or those people or like that, but people in the alphabet group. Yes. And I don't mean Amazon. <laughs> or Google, sorry, Google is alphabet on, on yeah. the stock exchange. Yeah. Um, I don't mean those people, but the alphabet people have a very strong hold on not only education, mm-hmm. whether it's primary through secondary through, through college level education, but they have a very strong hold on media. Um, entertainment. And entertainment. And so these kids come up, and it's become kind of a, a cool thing, you know. Uh, I mean, heck, I remember the beginning of my 30s, it was kind of cool for us adults to talk about our the 16 personality scale, which one of these four letters represents your personality. You're extroverted, you're prospecting, you're, everybody wanted to do mm-hmm. that, right? Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. It's great. But kids are still subjected to a lot of those things as well, so they're coming up going, okay, well, am I – Am I bi? Am I this? Am I that? Am I you know gender neutral? Things like this. And you're watching these kids come up, and it's almost like a clique, almost like a gang, almost like a group right. of some sort. Of, it's acceptance by being anything but straight. Yeah, because that's boring. That's that's boring. That's new. That's neutral. No one wants to be boring. Everyone yeah. wants to be interesting. So these are my this this is what I am. I identify as a dog. I'm a toaster on Tuesdays. You know, <laughs> th- this is my group of appliances I hang out with at lunch, and, and that's just what it comes. To. I mean, that's a funny way to say it, but Wait, I'm just saying into that, right? You know, there, I'm <laughs> sure that there's a, I'm sure there's one. I'm, I'm sure there's this one. conversation. That sounds pretty hot to me on some cases, <laughs> but it's just it's become cool. But you need to blend. It. You do have to blend in. Okay, the suggestions are shocking. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's just what we're seeing. I right. mean, as as a as a father of a child who's going to become a, a teenager, 
you're seeing that, and I was just like, oh, please, come on. Come on. And what is it about? It's all about acceptance, isn't it? Yeah. And being loved. And unfortunately, though, the yeah. passion that goes behind that, you take youth, you take passion, you apply it to a group, you then marginalize that group or make that group become lesser than any other group, and now you have explosion. Yeah. Now you need now you need to be identified because for your special group. And I know, Louie, you're chomping at the bit, and I'm so sorry. I will shut up. Go ahead, sir. You have the floor. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. You can finish. Oh, I have. Yeah, you have the floor. I think that the schools have too much power. They shouldn't have the right Absolutely. to tell your kids what to do or what they are or how to do it. Oh, especially over you, right? I mean, you know, they're paid by you, but they're backed by the state. And they hire a lot of things that they should tell the parents what's going on. Mm -hmm. And they don't do that. Let's say two kids fought or a parent helped one of your kids, which it happened to one of my kids. A parent helped one of my kids while her daughter beat her up. Mm. You know, I went over there. I started... I say, why this woman ain't in jail? And they're telling me, we're, we're taking care of it. What do you mm. mean you're taking care? How about if I take care? They said, we'll yeah. have you arrested. That's this would have happened in my alley yeah. behind my house. This has been taken care of completely differently. It's called, yeah. it's called an assault. <laughs> right. Yeah. With no pepper. And they never did nothing to that woman. But I, I, I shut up because they were going to call the cops on me. Sometimes with pepper, Alan. Sometimes with pepper. Thank you. Thank you. I, that was a horrible joke. <laughs> but I should have got it. If I would have found the parent, I would have beat him up. And don't let me forget, guys. I got open handed. I got a gift for each one of you before we all leave. Okay. So just at the end. All right. Okay. Yeah, well, um, we're rapidly approaching that. I think. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, well, let uh, me give it to you now. Then. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you each have your own copy of the Lion Chasers Manifesto, and if anybody that's in the audience that wants to reach out to me. I'll be more than happy yeah. to send you one of these. I'll push it through the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like TV magic. Just here you go. And you can have one of these. Just get a hold of me. Find me on Facebook. That's incredible. But we'll, we, we've got so much space on the wall here. We'll just we'll put it up there. Yeah, we'll put it up there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll frame good. it and get it up. Um, so, yeah, speaking of coming to the end, um, I, th I think we've reached that point because I'm looking at the, the clock here and – Let's solve world. Yeah. Let's solve world problems and tell no one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so <laughs> solve world peace. <laughs> um, so why don't you just bring us on home with uh, prayer there, Richard, and right. uh, yeah, and then I'll do uh, outro. Lord, I thank you for this time that we've had together, Father. I hope that uh, we eluded love and concern and compassion for all peoples, Father. Thank you for the word that you gave us. The the family, and just talking about the news, Father. The strength um, to deal with Joe Biden. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> and all the others. Um, and so, Lord, I just uh, I, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for the opportunity. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 That was Richard Greenfield. He brought the message yeah. this week. Um, thank you for coming, sir. No worries. This has been a pleasure. I'll come anytime. I, ho yeah, I hope you come fun. back many, many times. This is much more fun than I thought. <laughs> and and uh, you have uh, something you wanted to... Uh, plug out there a little bit oh week? yeah 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 yeah. okay um i won't feel bad plugging it but anyway but i don't because i'm giving you something yeah <laughs> okay so it's tax time hey tax time and so sometimes you have papers that have your social security number on them that you'd like to get rid of but you're not quite sure what to do well you want to shred them okay so we're taking boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes and then i said boxes boxes of shredding so you come over to keller williams tomorrow morning from 9 a.m until 11 a.m 
What? I think it'll be the day. I think it'll actually be the day, right? Oh, yeah. So it'll, it'll come out the day of. So okay. Okay. So this. So give, this give an actual date to that so that we, you know. I don't know what the day is. Today's the 11th, so okay. tomorrow will be the 12th. 12th. March 12th. March okay. 12th from, from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. Bring your shred over. And um, it's for free. However, we are taking donations for Bryce's Battle. And uh, that would be a great person for you to talk to, uh, Joel Clausen. Um, but anyway, so Bryce's battle, and um, so, um, and that all the donations go toward that and toward yeah. funding in the in the Peyton Manning Hos- Children's Hospital is Bryce's room, and so they're going to be, I don't know, doing something there for that. But that's awesome. Uh, I yeah. shred everything that I have. I don't leave no information out there. there you go. There you go. Well, if you got a big boxes of it, we can take care of it for you. And this is a regular occurring thing. You do this every right? year. Every, every year. year. And yeah. we're thinking about pushing it a little closer to April because that's more tax season than any other time. That's about the time you're grabbing the old documents. You, you don't need your taxes from 10 years ago. You know, So let's, right. let, let us shred them for you. Or there well, might be other things you want to shred. Yeah, and certainly, it's KellerWilliams.com, right? To, to go, to go oh, I don't, know if, I don't know if it's KellerWilliams.com, but you find us on Facebook. Look up the Scott Smith team on Facebook, and you'll see all the information about Shred Day. And then or certainly if they're near the Beach Grove area or Indianapolis, greater Indianapolis oh yeah. area, they want to look up Richard Greenfield and oh yeah. call him out to be their realtor. Yeah, right? definitely. I would love that. I'm, I'm a happy customer. Yeah, put me into Costa Rica. Send me to Sarah Leon. I'm not asking you for 25 bucks a month to do that. I'm just asking you if you know of anybody that's interested in buying, selling, investing, or even becoming an agent. All of that helps get me onto the mission field. Awesome. I like it. That's, I love that. Yeah. That's great. All you got to do is speak up. All you got to do is hold your hand up and say, Richard Greenfield. All right. And then to my left here, we've got the host of Laughing Libertarian, Alan McFarland. Thank you for joining us again, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Always you. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And across the table from him is Louis Rodriguez, our good friend. Thank you for joining us again, sir. Thank you. Always a pleasure. And I've been your host, Joshua Cummins. Joshua. This has been Faith, Family, and Politics. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you then. Take care, everybody.